Holy Father in heaven, I thank you so much for giving me the privilege to live and also my brethren who are listening. Dear Father, our lives are to be a glory and an honor and praise to your name. But if we are left of ourselves, we cannot do anything that will please you. It's for that reason we fellowship with you now and we pray and ask as we go through your words, please sanctify us, consecrate us, O Lord, and help us, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit to learn things that will ennoble our character and that will purify our lives, that we may become more like our Savior Jesus Christ. I present myself to you, Lord, and I pray, please put your words in my mouth, grant me of your Spirit. Through me, Lord, speak to your children that we all may be blessed in preparation for the coming of our Lord Jesus. Shed your love abroad in our heart, dear Lord, in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 25 Ready to Step Aside Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. John chapter 1 verse 29 For a time, the Baptist's influence over the nation had been greater than that of its rulers, priests, or princes. If he had announced himself as the Messiah and raised a revolt against Rome, priests and people would have flocked to his standard. Every consideration that appeals to the ambition of the world's conquerors, Satan had stood ready to urge upon John the Baptist. But with the evidence before him of his power, he had steadfastly refused a splendid bribe. The attention which was fixed upon him, he had directed to another. Now he saw the tide of popularity turning away from himself to the Savior. Day by day, the crowds about him lessened. The disciple of John came to him saying, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizest, and all men come to him. Through these words, Satan brought temptation upon John. Though John's mission seemed about to close, it was still possible for him to hinder the work of Christ. If he had sympathized with himself and expressed grief or disappointment at being superseded, he would have sown the seeds of dissension would have encouraged envy and jealousy and would seriously have impeded the progress of the gospel. John had by nature the faults and weaknesses common to humanity, but a touch of divine love had transformed him. He dwelt in an atmosphere uncontaminated with selfishness and ambition and far above the miasma of jealousy. It was his joy to witness the success of the Savior's work. Looking in faith to the Redeemer, 
John had risen to the height of self-abnegation. He sought not to attract men to himself, but to lift their thoughts higher and still higher, until they should rest upon the Lamb of God. He himself had been only a voice, a cry in the wilderness. Now, with joy, he accepted silence and obscurity, that the eyes of all might be turned to the light of life. Those who are true to their calling as messengers for God will not seek honor for themselves. Love for self will be swallowed up in love for Christ. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Ready to Step Aside. And the lessons that we are to learn from here indeed is how to step aside so that others may see Christ. The prophecy of Daniel foretold in Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 to 27 that there was going to be this 70 weeks given to the Jews specifically in which they were to prepare themselves for the coming of the Messiah was about to be fulfilled. This 70 weeks is actually 490 days and according to Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6 prophetically a day is a year so 490 days is 490 years. The starting date for this prophecy was given in form of an event and not necessary not necessarily a date. The date when the decree for the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem was was a starting date for this prophecy according to the vision. So we have already seen in past devotions how that this decree was given in Ezra 7 by King Artaxerxes I in 457 BC, precisely the autumn, autumn that's around October. According to the prophecy also, the Messiah was to be anointed, not born, but anointed in the 69th week. This is 483 days and prophetically 483 years from 457 BC. Hmm. One can only imagine what was going on behind the scenes as this day was approaching. Because if you count it 457 BC downward to 1 BC, you have 457 years. So subtracting 483 from 457, we have 27. So that means that AD 27, the Messiah is to be anointed. Satan well knew that this announcement of the coming of the Messiah referred to the promise made in Eden on that fateful day when God promised him that the woman will have a seed who will bruise his head. He anticipated this day but did all he could to see whether he could make God change his mind. In 4 BC, finally, both Jesus and John the Baptist were born. And Satan tried to kill Jesus, but it didn't work out. A woman was selected who, of course, is Mary that was selected and she gave birth, but Satan couldn't kill Jesus. Satan was surprised to see how far God would go to save man. He thought that the path of reckless, recklessness, of reckless living and apostasy and hypocrisy, which he had led almost all Judah to will cause God to change his mind concerning this project. But no, God did not change his mind. Reading from Desire of Ages, page 36, paragraph 3, it says, The deception of sin had reached its height. 
all the agencies of depraving the souls of men had been put in operation. The Son of God, looking upon the world, beheld suffering and misery. With pity, he saw how men had become victims of satanic cruelty. He looked with compassion upon those who were being corrupted, murdered, and lost. They had chosen a ruler who changed them to his car as captives. Bewildered and deceived, they were moving on in gloomy procession towards eternal ruin, to death in which is no hope of life, toward night to which comes no morning. Satanic agencies were incorporated with men. The bodies of human beings made for the dwelling place of God had become the habitation of demons. The senses, the nerves, the passions, the organs of men were worked by supernatural agencies in the indulgence of the vilest lust. The very stamp of demons was impressed upon the countenance of men. Human faces reflected the expression of the legions of evil with which they were possessed. Such was the prospect upon which the world's Redeemer looked. What a spectacle for infinite purity to behold! Sin had become a science and vice was consecrated as part of religion. Rebellion had struck its root deep into the heart and the hostility of man was most violent against heaven. It was demonstrated before the universe that apart from God, humanity could not be uplifted. A new element of life and power must be imparted by him who made the world. Let me stop here for a while. The reason I'm going through this before we talk about stepping aside is so that we understand the prospect that Jesus came into because now we are bringing, we are introducing Jesus Christ the Messiah into the picture and just to understand the love of God in sending his son down to this earth is what I want us to see with respect to the fact that this description I just read now was the description of what the world was like. If I was God, I would feel discouraged and wonder, is it possible for these people to be saved? What I read now is just a description of what had happened since the days of Nehemiah till the time of Jesus. And from the previous devotions, you can testify that truly, sin had become a science and vice was consecrated as part of religion because the Pharisees and the Sadducees had made it to be that it is a righteous thing to do evil in killing, contesting for position, paying for paying bribes and for, for the position of high priest and cherishing evil thoughts in the heart on how to kill others. So I'll continue the reading now. It says, With intense interest, the unfallen worlds had watched to see Jehovah rise and sweep away the inhabitants of the earth. And if God should do this, Satan was ready to carry out his plan for securing to himself the allegiance of heavenly beings. He had declared that the principles of God's government make forgiveness impossible. Had the world been destroyed, he would have claimed that his accusations were proved true. He was ready to cast blame upon God and to spread his rebellion to the worlds above. But instead of destroying the world, God sent his son to save it. Though corruption and defiance might be seen in every part of the alien province, a way for its recovery was provided. 
at the very crisis when Satan seemed about to triumph, the Son of God came with the embassage of divine grace. Through every age, through every hour, the love of God had been exercised toward the fallen race. Notwithstanding the perversity of men, the signals of mercy had been continually exhibited, and when the fullness of time had come, the deity was glorified by pouring upon the world a flood of healing grace that was never to be obstructed or withdrawn till the plan of salvation to be fulfilled. Satan was exulting that he had succeeded in debasing the image of God in humanity. Then Jesus came to restore in man the image of his maker. Amen. None but Christ can fashion anew the character that has been ruined by sin. He came to expel the demons that had controlled the will. He came to lift us up from the dust, to reshape the marred character after the pattern of his divine character and to make it beautiful with his own glory. Amen. And it was this that Jesus came to do now. John the Baptist understood the mission of Jesus and the, he knew that the Lord raised him up for this purpose in preparation for the Messiah that was coming. But remember that the people, their mindset was now so geared towards political strife that to them, a Messiah is someone who will come like Judas Maccabeus, Simon Maccabeus, and the Hesmonianzal of them, John Hycanus and Alexander Janus, all those people who had helped them to restore the glory of Israel and were even kings. They thought that that was what the Messiah was to do. But John also was trying to tell them, repent, that that is what is important right now. Now, they coming to baptize, as we read in the devotion, John's popularity had grown. He could have been another Judas Maccabeus. He could have been another Alexander Janus, who was the first that made himself king. The people were ready to flock around him, and if he had told them, let us go and fight the Romans, oh my, they would have taken up all their weapons and would have gone to fight. And they started to incite John with this mindset and to ask him, are you the one that will do it for us? In the book of John chapter 1, reading from verse 19, it says, And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem. Why priests and Levites? Remember, they were the ones who had now become leaders in the sense of both king and spiritual leaders. So they sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are thou? And he confessed and denied, and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What seest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as, the, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. By now, you should already know that who the Pharisees are. They are not like the Sadducees. The Sadducees like Hellenism. They are not interested in repentance into coming back to the word of God. It's the Pharisees who want that. But mixed with that mindset, the Pharisees have the mindset of being the violent kings of Israel. Uh, that's what they wanted to be. So, it's very important that it is said here that 
they who were sent with the people of the Pharisees. Going, going on now, verse 25 says, And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is, who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. So, here we see that John is not pointing to himself, but pointing to Jesus as the one who the people are to anticipate his coming as the Messiah. And Jesus himself, the next day, like the Bible says, John chapter 1 verse 29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. The context of our devotion today is referring to how John stepped aside. Because after pointing the people to Jesus, his own disciples started to follow Jesus and Jesus started to do exploits more than him. I trust that we may know the story, of course. You read the book of John 1 down to verse 2, 3, um, chapter 2 and chapter 3. Even the earlier parts of the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke, you see the story there. John was the most popular person at the time in Israel. So popular was John the Baptist that if he had said anything, the Pharisees had no power to stop the people from doing that thing that John said. That's how popular John was. It, he was so popular that even in the days of Jesus, when they asked him a question concerning his ministry and who was behind it, and he asked them back who was behind the ministry of John, the Pharisees reasoned in their hearts that if they say that the ministry of John was not of God, that the people will, will kill them. That's how much power that John the Baptist had. Do you find yourself under much power? As a pastor or a leader, you know you have a lot of people around you. You have a lot of people under you. This is how John the Baptist was. And there are some whose ministry is very wide and far-reaching. John, even though he had this kind of far-reaching ministry, was always pointing to Jesus and was willing for him to be abased that Jesus may be exalted. He was willing to become less popular and for his ministry to even go off so that Jesus will continue to get all the attention. He was willing to give all his influence over to Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Who are you leading people to? Are you stepping aside for the truth or are you blocking the way of the truth? John the Baptist was not blocking the way of the truth. There are ministers today who, when Jesus comes to their church, they block the way. They don't allow the people to see Jesus. They cannot say, behold the Lamb. Why? Because the ministry has become about themselves and not about Jesus. Like I said, the only way we can step aside for Jesus is to step aside for the truth because Jesus is the truth. As John was willing to step aside that he may point the people to Christ, so also must we be ready to point others to the truth, to Christ. 
and that's what i've been explaining it means that we point them to god's word and not our own cherished opinions and beliefs if when we see we keep away the scriptures from the people and put forward our own ideas we are standing in the way between christ and the people we obscure him from view instead of making ourselves to obscure like john the baptist did john was willing to go into obscurity that jesus the truth may be seen but some are so proud and they have they are feeding on their popularity and fame that they will crush the truth so that they can continue to be in the view they have gotten so addicted to popularity and fame but when we let the people see the word of god above our opinions then we are stepping aside for the people to behold christ jesus said in book of luke chapter 6 verse 46 and why call ye me lord lord and do not the things which i say like i've been saying to point people to christ means that we don't stand between him and the people jesus himself is saying if you call me lord lord don't think that you have acknowledged me or that you are beholding me if you neglect what i am saying you are allowing what now to come between you and christ self if we step aside and allow the principles of the bible and the testimony of jesus which is the spirit of prophecy to mold and fashion the lives of those we meet then we will have the benefits of beholding Christ and becoming like him. Jesus said in the book of John 14 verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Remember that John said, Behold Christ. But where is he? How can I see him? Jesus said, that if you want me to manifest myself to you, I don't think I put it well, but let me say it again. For, for us to behold Christ means that he must be manifest to us so that we can see him. Now, Jesus is saying, how will I manifest myself to you? John 14 verse 21. He that keepeth my commandments, he it is, I will manifest myself to him. So for us to behold Christ, he must make himself manifest or visible to us. And it is through his commandments, through his words, that he is visible to us. Then in that same John 14, now verse 22, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Amen. John was saying, Behold him. In other words, let us manifest, let Christ be manifest to us, and we will see him. Jesus said, The way you can behold me, the only way you will see me is when you keep my words. I am the way, he said, the truth and the life. And he continued and said, He that loveth not me keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Amen. What is it to love? We can see here that loving Christ is well intertwined with beholding him. Imagine the Father and the Son saying that they will come and make their abode with me and with you. But what is the condition? For them, for us to see them, for them to be manifest in our lives. For us to do that, we have to keep his commandments and keep his words. You cannot claim to love God and yet you are doing every kind of thing but not accepting his word you see what happened to john the baptist is a test of his ministry a test of true holiness there are many men and women today who jesus finally comes to them 
but they hide him for the, from their congregation. They learn the truth of the Sabbath, for example, and Jesus is manifesting himself through his commandments to them. But they tell their members, no, don't follow it. They, obs- they, they, they block Jesus from coming. They don't want to behold Jesus because why? They see that if they allow the people to follow the commandments of God, they will lose their influence over the people. So the ministry is not about Jesus, but it's about themselves. It's about their own popularity, their fame. So, I repeat, to step aside means that we present Jesus to the people and Jesus said he is the truth. And all the commandments of God we have learned is truth. Jesus to the people, we must present Jesus to the people and his matchless charms that we present him to the people in the most attractive light. It means that we do not allow self to be manifested in us, for when self is manifested, Christ is obscured from view. So, understand these two principles. If you allow your opinions and your ideas to have full sway over you, even when the truth wants to enter into your life, then you are blocking yourself from viewing Christ. You are allowing Christ to to stay in the background. You are refusing to step aside. And secondly, if you have influence over people as John had, and the truth comes, Jesus like Jesus came to John, but yet you tell the people not to follow the truth so that you can have an influence over them, you are refusing to step aside. But if we want to step aside, we must drop our opinions so that the truth may come. We must drop our own ideas and our traditions so that the truth may come. And Christ will be all in all and we would be abased while he is exalted. Then, what will be the influence of this if we behold Christ? Because that was what John said. Don't behold me. Stop looking at me. Don't look. focus on me. I am not the main person. Focus on Jesus. He is the one. This is something that ministers and people in general must understand. We must point people away from ourselves. We must step aside. And like I said, there's no Jesus for us to see right now physically. The only way for us to step aside is to allow the truth to have the chiefest position in our lives and to allow the truth to have the chiefest position in the lives of those who are under our own influence leaders elders pastors deacons general overseers are you stepping aside for christ or are you blocking him from view would you not want to go into obscurity that christ may be seen by your church members fathers and mothers are you stepping aside for christ or are you obscuring him from view because of the ambition that you have for your children when your child says i want to see christ i have seen the truth and then you say no don't follow the truth oh you are blocking the way you are not stepping aside john was ready to step aside so that his own plans his own ambitions his own ways will not be what has full sway over the people but that the truth christ will be the one that has the influence over the people, ministers, leaders of the world. Do you step aside for Christ? If you do, the the results will be beautiful. Do not block the way. We must learn this lesson of self-abnegation. The self-abnegation that the man, another John, 
Jonathan was able to do. He knew he was the next in line to be king, but because of his love for the people and love for the truth, he stepped aside for David and now another John did the same thing. He stepped aside for the root and offspring of David so that he may be all in all. Why? Because their focus, this is the real problem about with stepping aside. We need to deal with the root of the matter. The root of this problem when people do not want to step aside for the truth is that they have in themselves a deep-seated desire for the love of men and a deep-seated desire for popularity, fame, and they are power-hungry. And that's why people don't step aside. They enjoy the praise that they receive from people. They enjoy being in power. They enjoy being the ones telling the people what to do and what not to do. But will you step aside for Jesus? Will you step aside for the truth? Like I said, the results of stepping aside will be beautiful. So do it. Let the truth have an influence over your wife, your husband and your children. And your, let the influence have full sway in the church. Why do you suppress the truth in the church? Because you do not want to step aside. Step aside in your life first. Because if you don't step aside in your own life and let self be taken out of the way for Christ to have full sway, you certainly will not step aside when you see that the truth wants to have influence in the church. So someone comes and says, this is what the Bible says. This is the truth. I have seen it. And then what will you do? Because you see that your own practice is not in harmony with that truth, you push it away and say, no. Why? You are not stepping aside. Learn the lesson of self-abnegation. We need to have love for the people more than love for self. That is the problem. We love ourselves more than we love the people. If you really love the people like Jonathan and like John the Baptist, you know very well that Jesus will do a better job than yourself. The truth will, be, will better have the influence over the people because the results will be better. If you knew that, if you really love the people, you will step aside and let them follow the truth than you obscuring the truth from view so that they can see you. So let me talk about the results of stepping aside. The results of stepping aside is that once you step aside, the people will be able to behold Christ just like John did. He stepped aside and the people were now viewing Christ and then they started to follow him of their own accord. They started to know the truth by themselves. His own influence waned, yes, but should it make you sad? No, he was happier. Why? Because all he wanted to see all this while was the people changing their lives and the people benefited when he when it was told to him that that man who you told us to behold that day he's now going around and everybody is following him he told them it is okay i'm pleased with it why because my desire all this while was not for myself to be famous my desire was for the people can't you see they are blind they are sick they are lame a lot of them are living in a life of sin I want them to come out of it and that is what is happening. He's doing it and I'm pleased with it. It doesn't have to be me who is doing it. Jesus is the one doing it. In fact, he's the only one that can do it. I cannot do it. And he was happy to see that Jesus was bearing full sway. The results of stepping aside, finally, the most important result of stepping aside is what we read earlier in the beginning of this devotion. The image of Christ will be revealed in us. Why did Christ come? Let me go back to that reading. Desire of Ages, page 37, paragraph 3. It says, Satan was exalting that he had succeeded in debasing the image of God in humanity. Then Jesus came to restore in man the image of his maker. 
none but Christ can fashion anew the character that has been ruined by sin. I want my character to be fashioned anew. Going on in the reading, it says, He came to expel the demons that had controlled the wheel. He came to lift us up from the dust, to reshape the marred character after the pattern of his divine character and make it beautiful with his own glory. End of quote. And as John heard that this is exactly what Jesus was doing, he was happy because that was what he wanted. It was not about him. So, for us to step aside means that we are finally allowing people to behold Christ. But in our own lives, if we must step aside, that means self has to go away so that we can behold Christ. Because self is what obscures Christ from view. Because of our own selfish opinions, ideas and traditions, it stops us from seeing Christ. But if we are ready, we must put self out of the way. We must be ready to step aside so that we can view the truth and the result I'll read now from Bible Commentary Volume 6, page 1098, paragraph 1. It says, Beholding Christ means studying his life as given in his word. We are to dig for truth as for hidden treasure. We are to fix our eyes upon Christ. When we take him as our personal savior, this gives us boldness to approach the throne of grace. By beholding, we become changed, morally assimilated to the one who is perfect in character by receiving his imputed righteousness through the transforming power of the holy spirit we become like him the image of christ is cherished and it captivates the whole being beholding christ for the purpose of becoming like him the seeker after truth sees the perfection of the principles of god's law and he becomes dissatisfied with everything but perfection Hiding his life in the life of Christ, he sees that the holiness of the divine law is revealed in the character of Christ. And more and more earnestly, he strives to be like him. Our warfare may be expected at any time, for the tempter sees that he is losing one of his subjects. A battle must be fought with the attributes which Satan has been strengthening for his own use. The human agent sees what he has to contend with, a strange power opposed to the idea of attaining the perfection that Christ holds out. But with Christ, there is saving power that will gain for him victory in the conflict. The Savior will strengthen and help him as he comes pleading for grace and efficiency. Amen. Let me stop here now. So you see the results of beholding Christ. Our moral character will be changed if you step aside so that I can see. If any pastor steps aside so that his members can see Christ, the results, beautiful. The character defects we have had will be remedied. But remember, we can expect a warfare at any time. But in the end, Christ has the power to strengthen and help us and give us that grace and efficiency that will make us to be like him. Every day in the morning I pray, Lord, let your image be revealed in me and in you. What does that mean? It means that we must behold Christ. We must allow self to step aside so that we can see Christ. And then we must step aside so that others can see Christ and that they also may change. I am not weaving my own opinions into the things that I preach. Why? Because I am stepping aside. I want you to see Christ. 
not myself. If I were to give you my own opinions and my own ideas, it would not necessarily be in harmony with the word of God. But what I do is that I step aside in my own life and I allow the word of God to be my opinion and my own principle of living. And I drop mine, my own self, I drop it so that Christ can be in me. And that is what we should do. Let self step aside so that Christ can come into your life and your ideas, drop it and make your new ideas now to be that of Christ, to love what he loves, to hate what he hates. That way you will be transformed into the image of the Lord. In paragraph 5 of the same reading, it says the Holy Spirit has been prevented from coming in to mold and fashion heart and mind because men suppose that they understand best how to form their own characters and they think that they may safely form their characters after their own model but there is one model after which human character is to be formed the character of christ those who behold the savior are changed from glory to greater glory when men will consent to submit to christ's will to be partakers of the divine nature their crooked human peculiarities will disappear when they decide that they will retain their own peculiarities and disagreeable traits of character satan takes them and places his yoke on them using them to do his service he uses their talents for selfish purposes causing them to set an example so disagreeable so unchristlike that they become a reproach to the cause of god end of quote i'll continue later do you see that satan is the one in charge when you don't step aside but when we step aside christ comes in you cannot form your character for yourself drop your opinions follow the word of god so that christ may be seen in you and you will go into obscurity and people will see you and say where is where are you i used to know you before whatever your name is anna whatever your name is that is daniel whatever people will say where is daniel i can't see daniel again and you tell them yes daniel is gone daniel has stepped aside this is a new person you are seeing now being formed into the image of christ i am being born again I want to say I am born again. In other words, I, I have, I am exactly like Christ. I understand the concept of being born again, but in the sense that we are still growing, a new person is coming. Gradually, that old Daniel that you used to know, that old brother or sister, that old Christian, that old Susie, Jessica, whatever your name is, has stepped aside or is gradually stepping aside, and a new person is coming and this new person because he's beholding christ is fashioned into the image of christ jessica has stepped aside daniel has stepped aside allow self to step aside so that christ may come in the results like i said beautiful like i've been reading i continue to reading now it says as one becomes acquainted with the history of the redeemer he discovers in himself serious defects his unlikeness to christ is so great that he sees the necessity of radical changes in his life still he studies with the desire to become like his great exemplar he catches the looks the spirit of his beloved master by beholding by looking onto jesus the author and finisher of our faith he becomes changed in the same image amen and i pray that this will be your experience and my experience continuing it says it is not by looking away from him that we imitate the life of jesus but by talking of him by dwelling upon his perfections by seeking to refine the tastes and elevate the character by trying through faith and love and by earnest 
persevering effort to approach the pattern, the perfect pattern, by having a knowledge of Christ, His Word. So, get this very well. If you must behold Christ, if you must step aside, you must have a knowledge of His words, and then your motive must be faith and love. Don't miss that point. If your motive is not love, you will struggle. You have to love Christ so that you can step aside. I continue. He says, By having a knowledge of Christ, His words, His habits, and His lessons of instruction, we borrow the virtues of the character we have so closely studied and become imbued with the spirit we have so much admired. Jesus becomes to us the chiefest among 10,000, the one altogether lovely. When the soul is brought into close relationship with the great author of light and truth, impressions are made upon it, revealing its true position before God. Then, self will die, pride will be laid low, and Christ will draw his own image in deeper lines upon the soul. End of quote. May the Lord help that all these things I have read will be for us. But I want to emphasize that point of faith and love you must be motivated by love or else you will struggle. Motivated by love, let us see Christ and allow him come into our lives and let self die. Let pride be laid low and the image of Christ drawn in deeper and deeper lines upon our souls. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for blessing us so richly with your word today. Please, Lord, help us to step aside. Forgive us for not stepping aside in the lives of our children and uh, our, those that are under us and in our own lives. I pray, Father, now, give us the grace to understand the importance of stepping aside. And as we strive to do so, shed your love and blood in our hearts that we may, be, we may be motivated by love, stepping aside to see the image of God in our own lives. Thank you for hearing the national prayers in Jesus' name of prayed. Amen. But if all I've done in the time we share Is turn your eyes on me Then I feel that what I've been called to do Is someone else I want you to see Will you love Jesus more? When we go our separate ways When this moment is memory Will you remember His face? Will you look back and realize You've sensed His love more than
Jesus. 